Welcome, friends, to another live conversation on Alatra TV. Today with us, we have a very special guest from California, USA. But before I introduce him, I would like to remind our viewers the format of our program. So today, we will get to know our guest, and we will also find out how does he envision a creative society. So what is a creative society? A creative society is a project on a platform of Alatra International Public Movement. It is run by volunteers from 140 different countries, and our goal is huge. It is to find out how do we all envision our future? How do we all envision a creative society where everyone is happy and where everyone is able to live a fulfilled life? So tonight, my name is Olga, and my co-host is Kate. Hi, everyone. And with us, we have a very special guest. As I said, his name is Edwin Adderberry, and he's a chief happiness officer. And we will find out what that means in a second. Welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That's great. Edwin, could you please tell us a little bit about what you do and how did you come about doing what you are doing? Yes. So my focus is spreading happiness. And, and I actually teach happiness. And I know people are like, wait a second, why do you need to teach happiness? You know, happiness is just inside of us. Everybody's supposed to be happy, so why do you teach happiness? And, uh, and I said that back in 2009, at the height of the recession, I just went out on the street and I started to interview people about happiness. Uh, I, I do a lot of meditation. I came out of meditation. I was feeling really happy. And so I just went on the street. The first person I came across, I asked, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you right now? Not yesterday, not tomorrow, just now. And at first, they were taken back. And then they proceeded to give me a number. And, and then I'm like, okay, let's just talk about the number. Why that number? And then so we just go on from there to conversation. And so initially, it was just to shift people's mind from all the negativity into something positive. But then it became a mission. You know, when I started to see the response and how people, you know, they look at me after such interview as if I'm just going to vanish, you know. And then I'm like waving, I'm still here kind of stuff. But I started to learn about happiness and, and just how basic it is, but how as human beings, we also complicate it. And then after complicating it, then we wonder why it is complicated, okay? And then we try to get ourselves out of that. So, so, so I just continued doing that. And then one day, I was in Jack London Square, and this is a part of California, and a young man was coming towards me. And this is a routine I've done over 500 times by this time. And so I asked him, and I said, hey, can I ask you a quick question? And he said, no. I was like, whoa, what's going on here, you know? I said, come on, this is a very quick question and a simple question. And he said, not really. I said, come on. So I think he realized I wasn't going to let him go that easy. So he said, okay, whatever. Just ask me the question so I can go my own way. You know? So I said, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you right now? And he's called by far the lowest. And so in my mind, I'm like, this is a beautiful Sunday morning. And why would this person call themselves that low? So I said, hey, can I share a quick story with you? 
And he said, no. I said, oh, come on, yeah, we're going again, you know? And, uh, and, and I said, come on. So he said, okay, whatever, just share, I, I gotta go. So I just started sharing. And, and I, whatever came to my mind, I just kept going. At the end of the first story, I realized it was calmed down a little bit. So I said, hey, can I share one more story? It didn't say yes or no, so I assumed it for a yes, okay? And then I shared a story, I shared the second, the third, before I was on the roll. About nine stories and 30 minutes later, a little voice in my head would say, okay, I think you should stop now, you know, why everything is going good, you know? So I reached out to shake his hand, and he grabbed my hand really tight. It would not let go. So, and he goes, what is your name? I said, well, as a general rule, I don't give my name. You know, and I made the decision very early on because I didn't want it to be tied to, oh, maybe I'm going to call them to try to sell them something or we're going to see again. I didn't want any constraint to it. I didn't. So, and he looked at me in the eyes. He said, not this time. He said, I didn't want to talk to you at first. You've kept me here for almost 30 minutes. The least you can do is tell me your name. And, and I thought, okay, that was fair. And plus, I also wanted my hand back, you know? So, so I gave him my name, he asked for the spelling, I spelled it for him, and he released my hand, and I went my way. Again, to me, there was really no big deal, just a little bit longer than my usual conversation. And then the next day, I got a call from this young man, and he goes, do you remember me? I said, of course, from Jack London Square. And he said, yeah, I, you know, and I said, but how did you get my number? He said, I Google you. I said, okay, because I don't remember giving you my number, you know? And so we kind of chat a little bit. I say, okay, how are you? And, and so, and that's when you break the news that when I had stopped him, he was on his way to commit suicide. And I was so taken back. I was like, wow, what happened? And he said he was just in so much pain and he was just tired of it. And he just wanted to end it. And I said, what happened? He said, well, all the crazy stories you were sharing with me, you know, a lot of them resonated. So I said, okay, let me go home and take the paper and start writing down all the things I was thankful for and happy about. And I went from zero when you first met me to almost 29 different items. I said, wow, you are in a wonderful film now. And you know, you need to go see a counselor. He said, well, he has been seeing a counselor for two years and nothing has helped. I said, whoa. I said, but you are in a different frame of mind. You need to go see a different counselor. And so he asked if I was a counselor and I said, no. And he thanked me and he hung up. And right then and then, my life changed. You know, I went on to start the I Am Happy Project, which is now in 64 cities in 19 countries. And we have over 70,000 people involved. So that's how I got here. That is so interesting. It's, it's so interesting that even a simple word, a simple conversation can make like a huge difference in someone's life. And you even didn't know that. You were just asking a simple question, like, are you happy? That is it. <laughs> but probably something inner inside of you just felt that you have to talk to that person a little more. But yes. that's an incredible how just sometimes it can save someone's life. That's a really awesome example. Absolutely. And, and but how, the thing is, all of us can do that. All of us, we can all do that. That's so did you, be, with me. Yeah. did you become friends? You well, I never heard from him anymore. Oh, you haven't seen him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, our IT team actually has a collage of pictures to show us, and maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your story once you see them up on the screen. 
Oh, okay. So let's start from the top. So that was when I did the TEDx talk in uh, UNLV in Las Vegas. Those were a, a bunch of the most wonderful people, Chile, you know, and, and they were trying to make us comfortable. They were trying to pamper us, all kinds of stuff, you know, it, it was awesome. Now, what is the other one? Happiness, direct result of taking care of your body and training. Huh, I'm not sure where that comes from. Oh, that may have been part of the Global Happiness Summit, where we yes, did that in yes. Okay, cool. And then uh, the bottom to the left hand side was when I was a keynote speaker at my high school reunion. And mm -hmm. so that was, uh, we're talking about the power of alumni. And so mm -hmm. I was trying to encourage people to understand that when you are happy, it's kind of like a chain reaction that can take place, you know? and you can affect a lot of people. There's actually a study that was done by Harvard University and the University of California in San Diego, where they say when an individual become happy, they trigger a chain reaction that actually affect people to three degrees. And even people that you don't even know at all, because happiness is energy that can kind of go through in the process. And I think that's my favorite saying, you know, do not allow the past or the future to rob you of your present because that's where life is. Life is in the moment, yes. So what makes you happy? Just being able to truly spread happiness. You know, I, I, I feel like, uh, I think it's what, what word of Emerson that said it. It said like, happiness is like a perfume and you can spray it on others without a few drop coming back at you. And so in a way, maybe it's a little bit selfish, you know, on me, because in the back of my head, I know that if I spread enough happiness, then a few are going to come back at me and I'm going to remain happy. So, so it's basically, it's, it's like your choice. So it's not that hard to be happy. You just choose to be happy and you just stick with it. Now, the one thing, though, I tell people, you know, because I've spent 10 years now studying happiness. Okay, I've done a lot of research. And I hear people say happiness is a choice. And I totally agree with that. However, I do not totally agree that it's an easy choice. Okay, happiness yeah. is not easy. And I think when people start to think it's easy choice, that's when they start to get in trouble because then they find out it's not easy and then they start to think something is wrong with them that everybody find it easy. How come they don't find it easy? And the truth is, it's not easy for everybody. Everybody, you know, every single person have to work on their happiness every single day. You know, sure, some people might be longer, maybe a week or a month, but life is gonna throw you a curveball. And if you are not ready, it's gonna take you for a ride, okay? And, 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 and so that's why I say, yes, as a chief happiness officer and someone that has studied, studied happiness for over a decade, no, happiness is not easy, but it's very rewarding when you manage to stay happy. And so the effort that it takes to be happy is worth it. Wow, so where does the happiness start? What's the root cause of happiness in us? Well, if you look at it, that's the exciting part of happiness. Okay, happiness is inside of all of us, no exception. It's inside of us. 
And, and one of the things I tell people when I go to a class, whether it's elementary school or middle school or high school or college or workplace, you know, culture, is that you have to learn to activate the happiness within you. It's already there, okay? Now, again, it's not always easy because there's so much stuff about life that kind of get in the way. You know, what I call contingency that we place on life. So somebody might say, well, if I get that promotion, I will be really happy. Or if I get that significant other person, I will be really happy. If I buy that new car, I will be really happy. Or get a new house. Or if I get somebody to like me, my, my comment on Facebook, on Instagram, stuff like that, I will be really happy. All of those are contingency that we place on the very simple happiness that's already inside. And so that's why we can look at kids a lot of times until adults start to really mess with kids, kids can be happy for no reason. Okay, you know, you just see them, they just start laughing and then it freaks adult out. And then they go, why are you laughing? And the kids don't have no reason, cannot explain. And then they might be screaming at, they might be beating, they might all kind of stuff. Then they start realizing, okay, wait a second, maybe you cannot be happy for no reason. Let me start thinking for a reason why I'm happy and then the problem starts. But if we, can get ourselves back to that level and know that we already have everything within us to be happy. We don't need one single thing more, none. And we can just be happy. Then we lay a foundation that we can build everything else on. And it's so much more firm because guess what? When you start to build on a foundation of happiness and even if it doesn't work, you're still happy, you know? So, so it doesn't matter, you know? And then if you walk, you are still happy. It's not a big deal, you know. It's just, you, you start to contribute more. You start to have impact on people's life. And those are just the benefit of it, but it's not the necessity for you to be happy. So recognizing that you already have what it is inside of you to be a happy human being is the beginning. So how can the ordinary, ordinary person in everyday life can remain happy? how they can find that happiness within them, themselves, what they should do. So it's going back to the basics. Okay. Remember I said it, as human beings, we complicate things and then we wonder why is it complicated, okay? Mm -hmm. So if we can go back to the basic, we'll realize it's already there. So one of the things that I find out after interviewing over a thousand people is that, wait a second, the society teaches us a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of stuff, from kindergarten or even preschool, all the way to PhD, and then some people have double PhD and triple PhD and all this kind of stuff, okay? They teach us a lot of stuff, and they are just stuff. Because we are told if we are good in those things, maybe we'll become happy. And whereas we were already happy, before we started those things. So those things that have nothing to do with our happiness. It's just, uh, it's just stuff we are trying to, you know, program. So I started to realize something. And I, I, I you know, especially when I was dealing with the kids, the elementary school kids, every trained mind, whether it's psychologists, psychiatrists, counseling, all kind of those, they tell us that happiness is an emotion. And yes, it is. However, we can't stop there. 
So what I decided to do is to start a movement, you know, almost like a, a narrative where we move happiness from being a pure emotion to happiness as a skill. So imagine for a second, instead of teaching the little kid ABC and one, two, three, what if we teach them a little bit about how to be happy first? Learning one, two, three, and ABC will be even more fun. And if for some reason they are not good at it, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but the system cannot tie us into learning ABC and one, two, three is such a big deal that if you're not good at it, it's supposed to affect your happiness. No. So if we move to teaching happiness as a skill, it changes the whole dynamics. Yes, I agree that, you know, the school is upside down. We do academics first, but then we forget to focus on the best human qualities we have and that we kind of forget about them for such a long time. Then you realize you're an adult and all of a sudden, oh, no one taught me that and no one told me I can be happy and no one said I can be living in a moment. I thought they're supposed to chase things that, you know, and impress people with things. But in reality, you know, staying happy is the decision. It is a hard decision, but you can make a decision to stay happy. And also, uh, I know, Edwin, you shared with us 10 ways to stay happy. So I'm going to ask our IT team to bring it up on the screen, and maybe you can share them with us as well. Fantastic. So, yeah, so the very first thing is you decide to be happy. Now, I know that everybody say that happiness is a choice, it's a decision, I get that. But one of the things that I find out in my research is there are a lot of decisions we make, that's not a big deal. You know, just a lot of everyday decisions. And happiness seems to fall into that category. So my suggestion is make a decision to be happy, but make it a priority. You know, you know just like you're trying to get an A in school, or you're trying to, you know, get that job promotion, okay? Or you're trying to score that significant other person. In other words, make that happiness a priority. Make that decision. Because once you make something a priority, you start to invest in it more than you normally do. My second one, and probably my most favorable of all of it, is you have to learn to smile at yourself, okay? And I know, <laughs> you know, and, and I know sometimes it's crazy. People say, oh, you're nuts. You know, what's going on here? The brain can play games on you, okay? You know, when I get in the most jam, the most difficult situation, I crack up. I start laughing. And people say, this is too serious for you to be laughing. I say, hey, guess what? If I'm going to choose between laughing and crying, I'm going to choose laughing, okay? So <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. It's okay to cry. I have no problem with that. But if I have a choice, I'm choosing laughing all the time, okay? So laugh at yourself. Volunteer your time. Life is not just about you, okay? You guys are doing a beautiful job at that already because you already know it. So it's like preaching to the choir, okay? But I hear people sometimes, they say, oh, I'm too busy. I'm just trying to make ends meet. I'm like, stop trying to make ends meet. Start living life, okay? If you are living life, then you have plenty of time to do it. If you're trying to make ends meet, you never have enough time, okay? So volunteer your time. Then donate your money. You know, some people say, oh, I don't have that much. Guess what? You have more than enough, okay? You know, and, and so so it, is, it doesn't have to be a philanthropist, you know? 
it could just be you donate a, a dollar, you know, and that dollar add up and you can change a whole lot of stuff, okay? And then is make the make a list of the three Fs. Excuse me. Uh, make time for the three Fs. Okay. So the three Fs. Usually when I go to the school and I say three Fs, the kids say, oh, it's just the F word. I say, come on now, there are some good F word. Okay. You know. <laughs> you know, like there there is your family. Okay. There are your friends. You know, and then there are your faith. Okay. Those are pretty good three. You know, three F words. Okay. And then create a list of all the things that you are thankful for that make you happy. And this is where I get a little challenge from people, especially when they are going through rough times. You know, it is easy to have a list when everything is going well. I say, no, that's when you exercise your happiness muscle, but you get to use the muscles when things are not going well. Okay. You know, how do you reframe a very bad situation into being positive? So that's a skill that I actually teach, you know, when we start looking at happiness as a skill. And then the number seven is create a list of all the things that make you unhappy. Folks, I do a class on sadness and happiness. And people say, wait a second, you're supposed to be chief happiness officer. Why are you talking about sadness? I say sadness magnify happiness, okay? You cannot truly know the depth of your happiness until you know the depth of your sadness, okay? And so you got to have those lists. And then you got to, number eight, you got to learn to manage your time and your money. Now, we live in a capitalist society here, for those of us in the USA, and also money does play a role, okay? But guess what? If you manage it, then it doesn't play as much a role as people give it to it. The same thing with your time. We all have 24 hours in a day, manage it, okay? Number nine is be active and make healthy choices. Okay. Now, one of the things, aside from the food you eat and, and drinking and stuff like that, a lot of the times we deprive ourselves of sleep. Okay. I feel like everybody needs about seven hours of sleep to eight hours of sleep, not just the baby. That's why the children are so happy, okay? And we are so cranky because we are trying to make this thing big time. So we got to deprive ourselves of sleep. And I used to see sometimes people brag and say, oh, I'm only sleeping on three hours, you know, this last one week. I'm like, yeah, you're killing yourself slowly also, you know. So get some sleep. And then finally is to create goals and dreams because goals and dreams give us hope. And when we have hope, we are happy. Well, and actually on that note about goals and dreams, we will move to the second part of the program. We will ask you, Advent, to tell us how do you envision a creative society where everyone is happy? So very simple, okay? Now, I, I use the word simple loosely, okay? But, <laughs> but very simple in the sense that if we just go back to the basic and start to teach happiness as a skill, okay? And, and a lot of the times, and this is what I observed, you know, in part of my study, when a situation happened in our life, okay, bad situation, we go through what I call a situational depression. Okay, everybody does, every single human being does. You know, you lose your job, for example. You know, they foreclose on you. You go through divorce. You know, you, you know, and then the worst part of it, the loss of a loved one. Okay, but those are situations that's part of life. None of it is just imaginary or just tossed in. 
you know, from the day you were born to the day you live here, you're going to experience a series of those things, okay? But we are not prepared for any of those. So even though in theory we know those things are going to happen, because we are not prepared and because we have not learned some of those skills, when they happen, they throw us off track. So we go through situational depression. Now, here is the problem with most people. You go through situational depression, which is normal. Every human being goes through that. It's a test. But because you don't have a mechanism of dealing with it, you've not been trained to deal with it, you drag it on, and your brain starts to rewire itself. So it goes from situational depression to clinical depression. And now you need medication to alter it. And we all know the evil of medication. The side effect is more dangerous than the actual stuff you're taking medication for in the first place. So what I will see as a creative society is go back to the best. Let's start teaching kids how to be happy. And especially if they already know it, let's just encourage them and continue to remind them. Let that be the basis of our study. Let it be the basis of our education. And if we can do that, now, I say start with the kids because sometimes it's hard to teach an old dog a new set of tricks, okay? You know, and so, but when you start with the kids and they're going to pass it forward to their, parents, to their parents and their parents might still be able to pass it to their grandparents and before you know it, we have a society that's truly happy. Now, this might sound naive, okay? But I truly believe that we can be happy 24-7, okay? And, and if we are not, we can do something very quickly to bring us back to our happy self. Because we can deal with a situation when we are happy than when we are not. Yeah, Thank you so much. Yeah, that's so interesting. Just wanted to share really quick. Just the other day, I was thinking about that. Like you are saying that let's teach people to, to be happy. But um, let's take a family where we have kids. What we can do for our kids, of course, we have to take care of three-dimensional world, we have to feed them, we have to buy them clothing, we have to find a place for them to live, we have to make sure they're healthy, so we're taking up the body. But at the same time, the best value, the best thing that we can give them is our love. Because when we give our love to those little creatures, they fulfill with that love. And when they filled with all this love, they start giving this to others. So this is the best thing that parents can do. Just love, love your kids. That's probably the most amazing things. And we start with ourselves. If you want the world to be happy, start with yourself. Become happy and start delivering that to, <laughs> to the whole society. No that's matter what you do. When people ask me, how are you? I say, I am happy. No, and, that's the best and, answer, yes. It, yeah, it is enough. I'm going to adopt that too. <laughs> yeah, please. You know, and the more people that do that, you know, even the people receiving it, receive it immediately that wow and then sometimes i'll see people say oh me too and then the, the little boys will kick in and say well those things are well i just said let's leave it like that you are happy okay <laughs> and when they meet another person they also keep saying i'm happy yes it might sound funny at first but once you rewire your brain then the brain start to look at that as your default position and when that's your default position no matter what's going on in your life, you always come back to the default, which is happening.
Oh, that's so impressive. Thank you so much, Edwin. And also at the end of the program, we ask our guests to nominate another guest to come on our program. And, uh, you know, that could be someone you already know. And if you could share another happy person with us, we would love to have them on. And if you can tell us who that is and why, we would appreciate that. So I would actually nominate Tim Cook. Okay, and Tim Cook is the CEO of Apple Computers. And, and the reason that I nominate him is just from his leadership style. And uh, there's three things he shared some time ago. He said he put people, strategy, execution. And if we get more CEOs, truly, truly put people first. You know, I know that he, he assumed the reign on Apple. There was already Apple before he, he gave in there. But if we get CEOs truly putting people first and then strategy and execution, I think we're going to have a creative society. I agree. I, yeah, I think it's so important to have human first and then profits. If they need to be, you know, even there, do we even need profits, right? Or can we all just live happily and, you know, just enjoy, you know, we don't have to have access, really. All we need is basics and help each other and be the love, be the happiness that everyone, you know, can enjoy around us. So thank you so much, uh, Edwin, for being with us on the program. Is there something we forgot to ask you during our conversation or is there something you would like to wish to our audience tonight? Well, I would just say that when you are happy, it is a gift to humanity. And so whatever effort that you put to be happy is well worth it. Because when you impact humanity with your happiness, it comes back to impact you. And that will make the whole world a happy place. Yes, I agree. And I'm, I'm so happy that we are aligned with the Project Creative Society and what you are talking about. Everyone deserves to be happy. Everyone can be happy. And that should be our goal. We should care for each other and we should also care for ourselves enough to allow ourselves to be happy, to dream a little bigger, and to achieve goals that we think are not possible. But in reality, no one else is going to do it for us. Only we can uh, you know, live the life we really, really want and wish for. So thank you so much, Edwin, for being with us. And Absolutely. I would like to, yes, thank you. I would, and I would, I would like, just want to extend to your audience. Sure. You know, we have the Global Happiness Summit coming October 10, 2020. And we want to truly connect the whole world in it. So if they can go to our website and register for it, it's a free event. And this event that we can really impact each other. We're going to have Latin yoga and all those kind of fun stuff. But it will be a day that we want to celebrate happiness. That's great. And what's the website to join? So they will go to happyneighborhoodproject.com forward slash summit. Gotcha. Thank you so much. And that's a great initiative. And again, happiness and love is free. Kindness is free. Compassion is free. And it's, you know, we just have to remember to use it every day. And that's it. That's the secret. <laughs> so for our audience, if you would like to join the Project Creative Society or you would like to learn more about the project, please visit alatraunites.com. On the website, you will see a red button that says join us now. 
and you can click it and you can select the level of your participation. You can receive a newsletter, you can become a volunteer just like us, or you can be a guest on our program or participate in any other projects that are really speaking to you. Because together with a one common goal and one vision for a better society for all of us, we can achieve it very quickly. Thank you so much, Edwin, for being a part of this conversation and sharing your light with us. Thank you so much, Kate, for co-hosting. And to our viewers, have a good night and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.